happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here. Right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles. Ready for next day installation. And all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording back in the home bunker. Uh, Folks, over the week, the holiday week, I posted two videos on my Instagram and TikTok with regard to the Biden administration, the upcoming 2024 election, and the fact that we are not voting for perfection, that we are voting to hold on. And let me tell you that the comments that I have been sorting through on both of those videos, let's just say they were not the fucking best. With over 100 people or so commenting about the fact that they are not going to vote for Joe Biden, that there is no difference between Biden and Trump, that they are going to vote their values, that they are done voting in fear, and that Genocide Joe, quotation marks, is not going to get their vote. Let me tell you that I am fucking terrified. And I am trying desperately to figure out How in God's green earth, we convince people, I convince people, that they need to vote for Joe Biden. Otherwise, the 2024 presidential election is going to be the last fucking election that we have. I want to express to you that the Heritage Foundation, up on their website, has Project 2025 which is being aggressively funded at over a billion dollars by white right-wing extremists to have staff in place on day one to begin finishing the hit job that Donald Trump started on January 6, 2021. These people are not playing games. They elected Mike Johnson as their Speaker of the House And the man lives and worships the 19th century. Just a reminder 
Women did not have the right to vote and black people were still enslaved. And that's where he gets his values from. They want a Christo-fascist society where there are no elections, where they are both the judge, the jury, and also the executioner, where any dissenters are put in jail or indicted on trumped-up charges, but who cares? Because all of the judges will be at Donald Trump and his sycophants' whim. I can't express enough how much of a game this fucking is not. And look, I, folks, I am sitting here alongside you and watching the horrors unfold in Palestine. I am watching our tax dollars go to funding murder of children. This is not an easy pill to fucking swallow. But what I also know is that we don't have an alternative. It's either we are voting for democracy or we're voting for our demise. That's it. It is really that black and white. And so I want people to honestly understand that, like, I am here with you. Things don't seem much better. But they will never have the opportunity to get better if a Democrat is not in control of the Department of Justice, of the EPA, of the Department of Education, so on and so forth. Who do you want making decisions about what your child is learning? You know, folks, so coming up next, a really important conversation with a guest that we've had on the show before because she is so brilliant, Anat Schenker Osardio, who is the host of Words to Win By. Um, she's a researcher, a message maker, a campaign advisor, and somebody who gets it and wants the administration to get it too. So listen to our conversation coming up next. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. 
big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Folks, I am very happy to welcome back to Woke AF Daily. As a matter of fact, I don't even know how long it's been because time is a vortex. Um, but I'm very happy to welcome Anat Schenker Osario back to Woke AF Daily. She's the host of Words to Win By, a podcast about progressive wins. She is included a whole chapter dedicated to you in the book, The Persuaders. And so you are the messenger. You are the message maker, as your platform says. And my God, do we need a message? Do we need some fixing? Because as it turns out, folks, you know that I am not a person that believes in polls, particularly this far out from the presidential election. However, much like I just said to a knot earlier, that much like horoscopes can be a form of a guide, you know, just like we look at the weather and we decide what coat to put on or not. Two, polls can particularly give us some guidance as to what is working and what is not. And right now, nothing this fucking administration is doing is working. And it is being evidenced in polls in swing states that show Biden down to Trump by some in some places as much as five or more points. We've seen his poll numbers dip over the last two and a half weeks um, below 40 percent because we know that he's been unable to get climb out of the 40s for his entire presidency. So, Anat, what is playing in? What is happening? We know that there is a lot happening. As you see it from your vantage point of messaging, what's going on? Oh, so many things to say besides thank you for having me again. It's lovely to see you. Wish it were under different circumstances. We can't keep meeting like this. Right. Um, But let me dive in and try to make some sense here. So the first thing that people need to really, really, really understand is what does it mean to take a survey? What does it mean to have a pollster call you or to provide you some sort of online platform? I didn't check what the sampling methodology was for New York Times, but it's probably some sort of hybrid. And to answer questions about your feeling in this present moment. And how is that like and how is that different to being in the voting booth? The act of taking a survey and answering survey questions is quite a different act than the act of being in a voting booth and choosing to go into that voting booth or to mail in a vote if that is allowed in your particular jurisdiction. So what this survey tells us, and here I really want to shout out my frequent colleague, uh, Michael Podhorzer, who wrote a really, really important piece. Yes, yes. Monthly. Um, Mike and I are, you know, famous sparring partners, longtime friends. Uh, He wrote A Cure for Mad Poll Disease. And basically what's happened with this new New York Times poll is they've introduced the Omicron of this new mad poll disease. And we all, you know, it's just a new virulent strain and we all need a booster shot. So why he would say this, why I'm echoing it, is people are famously bad predictors of what we want for dinner on Tuesday, let alone what we are going to want to be doing a year from now. But so what this survey is telling us that in the present moment, people are registering really strong displeasure with 
uh, Joe Biden, as you said. So that is correct. Does mm-hmm. that mean that that's going to manifest in the election? The answer is we have no idea. This poll does not tell us one way or the other. What it does tell us is that right now, as you said, the things that are going on, the touting of accomplishments is not working. And I have lots and lots and lots to say about the touting of accomplishments and how um, that is rubbing people the wrong way. Because in point of fact, having looked at it recently myself with colleagues through a randomized control trial experiment, which is a much more rigorous way of looking at these things than surveys, what we find is that Discourse about accomplishments, with the exception of the jobs, the showing how many new jobs have been added, that does move the needle a little bit on vote choice. The rest of the accomplishments, especially that inflation graph that shows the, you know, the little line going down, that actually backlashes. Oh, okay. Why, why, wait, why, why, well, you'll tell us why, why is that? Why does, why does that backlash? As opposed to, I mean, I get the jobs numbers, right? Like, it's very clear for people, these are how many jobs we've added. Here's the bar graph. I've added more jobs at this point than any other president before. Tell us about the inflation piece, though. Yeah. So what's going on with showing people that inflation line graph going down, or as I like to call it, bar graphs will continue until morale increases, that line either because Americans don't understand rate of change. And so they look at that graph. And even though it's about inflation, which is about a rate of change, they think that means prices are falling. And they're like, fuck you very much. They're definitely not falling. I go to the grocery store. I can tell you that they're not. So it's either a reaction to, I don't believe that. And I'm very angry with you. Or more simply, even if they do understand that inflation is a rate of change, you're telling them, hey, I'd like you to think about inflation. Please put inflation top of mind. How do you feel about Joe Biden? And the answer is boo. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to bring up the things that are people's pain points. Now, the jobs bar graph, in contrast, doesn't rub people the wrong way because it doesn't, it isn't felt personally. You can have a sense that, you know, maybe there are more jobs being created, maybe there are not. I have no kind of way as an individual human being living within my own community to assess whether there's X million jobs, but I can buy that. Whereas I do go to the grocery store, I can tell you I don't feel like I have enough money. That I feel personally. But the other thing that we see is that across the board, touting agenda is much more effective than touting accomplishments. And there is a reason why it's a canard about campaigns, that campaigns are about the future, they're not about the past. And so talking to people about, we've done this, we've done that, we've created this, we've created that, they either don't buy it, they feel like it's not enough, they don't like it, and they're frustrated about it. So it's like it's the idea of don't tell me what you've done. Tell me what you're doing. Right. Or what you're or what you're going to do. What you're going to do. Yeah. And so when we contrast examples of, quote unquote, accomplishments against stating a second term agenda and to be very specific, a second term agenda that includes protecting our freedoms, 
our mm-hmm. freedom to decide whether and when we have kids, protecting our freedom to vote and pick yep. our own leaders and have those votes counted, protecting our freedom to retire in dignity with social security, protecting our freedom to see a doctor and not have a freak out when the bill comes, protecting our freedom to send our kids off to school and know they're going to come home safe at mm. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. First of all, just the act of touting a second term agenda does this thing we call presuppose, don't assert. It suggests that this is going to be the administration in the second term. Because going back half a step to your question around polling, what happens with the reporting of polling is that it creates social proof that people don't like this guy. And when we have more discourse around people don't like this guy, they think he's too old, they think he's too this, they think he's too that, that actually increases the number of people who don't like him. It's like we saw, for example, reporting on vaccine hesitancy, increased vaccine hesitancy. Because people are reading their environment for social cues to understand what does a my kind of a person think? you know, a young person, a black person, a, you know, mom who lives in Oakland, like whatever, what does a my kind of a person think? And when the social cues in your environment are telling you, well, they think that vaccines are scary, or they think your kind of a person thinks that Joe Biden is too old, then that actually creates license for you not just to have that feeling, but to think that that is kind of the social norm within your community. It's pervasive inside of the community, right? So essentially, there are ways first to gather information that are more accurate, which you have, which you stated at the top, but also in the types of information that you're putting out, there are ways to make people feel like one, this is what I can do for you in the future versus what I have already done for you. And then to express, not to reinforce the things that are upsetting people, right? Which is like, you're, you're totally right. Because let me tell you something. And I never even thought about it until you say it. When I see those inflation gap, uh, inflation uh, charts, I'm fucking annoyed. I'm like, why are you showing me this? Right? Like, I go to the grocery store just like every other person in this country, you know, go every week. And I'm just like, how? How is the register saying this? And I got four things in my cart. How does that make sense? Right? So not reinforcing the pain points. Right? It just seems logical. A not, but clearly is not logical. Yeah. And other things that I think it's really important to lift up is that this discourse around the horse race, when we live in a country where the election pathetically, horrifically, undemocratically is decided by five states, you know, not the one I live in, which, by the way, is the most populous state in the union, California. Mm-hmm but is decided on a margin of 1% in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Nevada, in Georgia, et cetera. So what does that mean? It means that if you look at any of these polls, the margin of error on all of them is always more than 1%. And the election is going to come down to and hinge on a smaller margin than any of these polls are able to. So essentially what you're doing is you're taking out a yardstick and you're trying to measure like, you know, something that an orthodontist is trying to move a millimeter, uh, 
I don't know why I've decided to use a dental analogy. It's probably a pretty far-fetched <laughs> one, but I'm down this hole. I've gone down this Let's hole. Let's go. Commit to it. Yeah, commit. Commit. <laughs> Makes total sense. So first of all, it's just a fundamentally blunt instrument to measure something that is extraordinarily fine-grained because our elections hinge upon an extraordinarily small set of voters in an extraordinarily small set of places. And then the other piece of it is just from the vantage point of actually having a responsible media. And this is where it's really, really just sick. How is it possible that we have a media, instead of reporting on the actual news, they are creating this news around these, what I would call deeply irresponsible polling numbers, because they do not take pains to say it's a year out, you know, people actually have no idea. And the way that we win or lose national elections in this country hinges upon who turns out to vote in the first place. The operative question is not really who are you going to vote for, it's are you going to vote? Because what we find, and we saw this in the midterm, right? The the red wave, it was coming, it was overtaking us. That's what all the pundits, the polls, et cetera, said. Because historically, that's always been the pattern, that the incumbent party takes a shellacking in the midterms. That's always been right. true, with the exception of the election after 9-11, for I think obvious reasons, and the one we just had. What happened in 2022? It's important to look under the hood and note that in the states where Democrats won, the 15 states where Democrats won and staved off the red wave, turnout was at 2018 levels, which was historic. And so even more historic because we managed to do that again, but we were the incumbent. So basically unheard of. In the 35 states where Democrats did not win, and that is why we have the House of Representatives that we have, Turnout among Democratic base was down, as we would predict in a midterm. And so it's always been the case that in these battleground states, it hinges on who is going to turn out to vote. And so the question is really, why? Why did we have this mass turnout in 2018, in 2020, in 2022, despite the incumbency? And it was because it was a repudiation and a rejection of MAGA. That was the force. You know, it's fantasy to say it was some sort of love of and embrace of and, you know, care Biden. for Democrats. Yeah, of yeah, course not. Or Biden. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. And so that repudiation, that what, what uh, Mike, who I referenced earlier, calls the anti-MAGA majority, which we have seen turn out in 18, in 20, in 22, in Kansas, in, you know, fingers mm-hmm. crossed, we'll see what happens tomorrow in the various states where we're seeing elections, but in various, you know, ballot initiatives. That anti-MAGA majority, it turns out when it understands, when we understand what is at stake, that our rights, our freedoms, our future, our children's lives. And so Every moment that the media is not reporting on the fact that a criminal is currently the front runner for the Republican nomination, that a white Christo fascist is now the speaker, the speaker of, of the, the House, House. Mm-hmm. 
representatives, that they're passing initiative after initiative after initiative, or at least trying to, to destroy our lives, to take away our money, to harm our children. Every moment that they're not reporting on that, they're just reporting on the horse race. It's as if the media doesn't realize that they're actually impacting the horse race by making the discourse be about, you know, this is how people feel about Biden instead of saying, hi, there's an authoritarian fascist takeover underway. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. But that's why and that, that I feel like the media is complicit, right? That for them, having a Donald Trump in office running for or running for office is good for their ratings. This, this, this idea of people living in this 24-7 fear and anxiety and the solace being cable news or the breaking news headlines coming out of the New York Times is what is driving a dying market, right? And so for them, I think to alert people, which is what I try and do on these shows and what you do by the research and the work that you do and on your show, like the the reality is they don't want to do that because it's not good for their bottom line. Even though we believe that telling the truth to people would have them tune in at record rates because they want to be kept in the know. But the media is choosing, is, is picking and choosing what to keep them in the know about. Apparently, Joe Biden tripping, right, is more important than the front runner of the Republican Party having been found liable for rape, right? Like, so that, like, it's just like, so Joe Biden being three years older than Donald Trump somehow makes Trump's incompetent rants, whether at a rally or in court, seem okay. Yeah. I I mean, obviously I'm not in there. I think that, yeah, it's ratings, but I also think what you said, I think that they would be getting ratings about the coverage of the authoritarian takeover as well, because there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot going on there. I think what it is, is this 
kind of congenitally instinctive need for what they call quote unquote neutrality as if the human mind were actually capable of not having emotions and beliefs and ideas about the information that we're provided, which we know is just simply not how cognition works. I think that because there is this kind of crusty thinking that the job of the reporter is to, in fact, present both sides, how could you possibly present both sides of an authoritarian takeover? You have to try to find something negative to say. And I mean, the irony is that there's plenty of negative things to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like there isn't negative things to say about what's going on with democratic leaders. There is. But the tripping or the age or the reporting on the polling results itself and thereby making that into the news, I mean, that's not where it's at. I think that it's this, you know, it's it's the same thing as when they used to have a climate scientist and a climate denier on because otherwise you're not presenting, quote, both sides of the story. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because that's both sides of the story. And, you know, I mean, it's just the absurdity of that. It's really, yeah, it's like giving the iceberg that the Titanic crashed into a microphone because, like, doesn't the iceberg deserve a say? And in today's media. Yes, yes, it would deserve a say in a full press conference and like, you know, and and wall-to-wall coverage. I swear lives matter too. They do. <laughs> with with just a couple of minutes that we have left, which is not enough time at all, um, how is, how do you see the multiple crises that are unfolding in both the Middle East and Israel and Palestine, as well as Ukraine and Russia, right? As well as what China is making moves and doing, what Iran is making moves and doing right now, playing into how Americans are seeing us as a country not exactly being the good guys, right? Not exactly being, you know, who they thought America was at the moment. Yeah. So if I can dig really, really, really deep and say the one bright spot, believe it or not, this is where I'm going to that New York Times Siena poll. And and most people didn't notice this because of everything else about it was that they finally admitted and credited that the voters that matter are surge voters as opposed to swing voters. That's the interesting thing about that poll, right? They're reporting on it is the disaffected Democratic base that is at risk here. And while all of the things that I said before about crediting that with being accurate and true in an arena in which we need to measure tiny, tiny, tiny percentage points a year out and a survey is not a vote and so on is still holds. It's, it's something that the New York times is actually being honest about which voters matter because traditionally the only voters that they give a shit about live and eat and sleep and breathe and never leave Midwestern diners, right? They're like white early dudes. I mean, that is like an entire yes. that they thought. Yes. I wish I were joking. I'm not joking. I so know. That at least is noteworthy. Why am I saying that in answer to your question? I'm saying that in answer to your question because we have this 
base that is, you know, sometimes turns out, sometimes doesn't, and really is the crux. It is the hinge for our winning and losing in these elections. It's not about swinging. I mean, who is left in America that's like Joe Biden, Donald Trump? I don't know. I still haven't made up my mind. Like pretty much that person, if there's one of them, they live in a test tube. Like that's a very strange person. The Mm -hmm. decision is, am I going to turn out or not? So these things that democratic leadership is doing, and I want to focus in particular on the most heart-wrenching, heartbreaking, horrific one, which is the situation in Palestine, Israel. I think that there is a very, very relatively simple, morally unambiguous position, which is that we choose life, that we believe that all of life is sacred. It's sacred here. It's sacred there. It's sacred when it's Jewish, it's sacred when it's Muslim, it's sacred when it's Israeli, it's sacred when it's Arab. And what it means to hold life sacred is that we need to have a life-saving mission, a campaign, not a pause. Because what a pause suggests is that the mainstay, the ongoing thing is the war and that you're still kind of tacitly supporting that. But, you know, there are many, many things that messages don't fix. When the policy is not okay, the message does not fix it. The message is wrapping paper. If what's inside the box is not okay, the wrapping paper is not going to do it. Yep. And so what I hope, not even from a political dimension, but really from a like, I actually care about people's lives and I'm absolutely devastated dimension, is that we change course here. And we do what is right, which I think is pretty straightforward. And there is a counterterrorism mission or a counter Hamas mission that can be conducted precisely and surgically. And there is a life-saving mission that needs to be conducted absolutely immediately. Yeah. Oh, I could not agree more. Um, When the policy is wrong, right, the message does not matter. Um, And the policy should be about centering humanity um, above everything and anything else. Uh, That will not be the last uh, that we will hear from you as we head into uh, the most critical, scary election time in our lives. Um, So I hope that you will come back and join us again soon. And please tell people where they can find you. Yeah. Yeah. Check out my podcast, Words to Win By. It's a happy, hopeful, uplifting example. Each episode of a win somewhere in the world. We are making our first, our third season right now. It'll be out in January. I'm barely ever on the thing I that know. I refuse to call other than Twitter um, yep. at Anatosaurus. But also all our messaging guides, all of our research, anything that we don't have prohibitions against, we make open source for free at asocommunications.com. Same with our ads. Go check it out. Amazing. Thank you. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF as always. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. 
Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next-day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 